Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Things That Matter with Marty McNabb. And as many of you know, I am a personal historian and legacy artist. For over I close to 30 years, I've helped people with their photo, document, and memorabilia archives, everything they've saved or inherited, create a visual narrative from those things. The end product can be a wall of frames, it can be a family um, website, but most of my clients have wanted a good old fashioned scrapbook because they wanted everything but the kitchen sink in there. So they had baby teeth and locks of hair and baby booties and the bracelet from the hospital. And of course, newspaper clippings and magazines and letters and cards and you name it, everything went into these things. So I absolutely love the stories that get attached to these things. So we can all agree that things don't really matter but it's the stories that get attached to the things that matter. And so that is why I started this, um, this show. And I found that lots of people do have the same feeling about loving things and the stories that get attached to the things. So I am so grateful to have a special guest. All my guests are special, I know, but a special <laughs> guest <laughs> who I met through a good friend of mine, Melissa, um, and who I found, um, Melissa introduced me to her mom, who's actually back in Western Massachusetts, where I have a lot of history with, and she ended up first introducing me to her mom with her mom's attic, which is basically <laughs> <laughs> like a museum. <laughs> And everything in that attic has a story. And yes, most of the stuff is Melissa's. We already talked about that. <laughs> but anyway, I am delighted to have my guests today um, share the st some stories of things that matter and how these things started, how these things matter and what that has led her to do in her life. And I know there's lots of things because Trudy has been a busy woman doing lots of things in her life, um, but she's gonna share a little bit of her personal history through a thing that matters. So without further ado, I am gonna turn the floor over to you, Trudy, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Marty. This is just so much fun. Um, so I want to talk about my collection and how I got my collection. Um, it was about 1968. I was going to college in Lake Forest, uh, north of Chicago. And I was at a friend's house who was living off campus. And there were, th she had three or four peace buttons pinned to her couch. And I said, wow, that's really cool. And she said, I'm starting a collection. Well, you don't say collection to me without without getting in trouble. So I thought, okay, I'll start a collection too. I'll start a collection of pins and buttons too. And so, and I had a few. I had I had an equality button that my mom and dad got when they went to a peace march where Martin Luther King was speaking. And I had a button that said, be happy. And I had a button that said, I'm loved. And um, at that time, years ago, Avis Renicar had buttons that said, we try harder. And so I thought I've already got the start of my button collection. Well, 
in my family, if you tell somebody you're collecting something, you are in trouble. Or if you say, I like penguins for the next 12 years, everybody gives you every kind of penguin magnet and toy and whatever. Um, so I made the mistake of telling people I had a button collection in my family. So I have well over a thousand buttons. These are my presidential buttons. These are all my um, just, uh, oh, these are my social concerns button. Peace, animal rights, homelessness, those are those. Um, I've got, oh, these are all my We Try Harder buttons. <laughs> um, I've got, you know, buttons from sports teams, buttons from events that, you know, uh, people have got thousands i have well over a thousand buttons that i organized about a month ago into these little bags so um so that's kind of part one that's how i ended up with this collection so i knew that i had to choose a button out of a thousand buttons <laughs> that really matters to me <laughs> Because <laughs> I couldn't have you tell every story of everyone, although I've invited you to do that. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, I did pick out 30 buttons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, some of the buttons are from like the, the St. Paul, Minnesota Christmas parade. You know, they don't mean anything to me, but, you know, my siblings would send them to me. And, and so, all right, that's story number one. All right. All right. You ready for story number two? Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, story number two. Um, I grew up as the child of peace and social justice activists. Um, my mom comes from a long line of uh, ministers, all the way back to William Tyndall, who was burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. How dare he do that, right? Um, and my dad was a minister. And my mom and dad loved the story of this person who fed the hungry, clothed the naked, welcomed the immigrant, visit the imprisoned, loved the unlovable, wanted peace, wanted us to just go out and love. You know, that was the story they loved. And um, so, I grew up in that environment and I saw my parents work for peace and social justice my whole life. Uh, we moved to a small town in Kentucky when I was about 10. Schools were segregated, movie theater was segregated at the time, all the businesses were segregated and my dad was right there on it right away. I saw him working to get that, you're not going to the movies until it's integrated, he said, you know. And um, and he, you know, very shortly, he with a he was a college professor at the time. Um, they, within a couple of years, they were building a new high school. They integrated the schools, the businesses, etc. Um, my mom bo boycotted grapes and lettuce in support of Cesar Chavez and the migrant farm workers. So that was and and they were always going to peace marches in Frankfort, Kentucky, you know, and bringing me back buttons. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so that's kind of the environment I grew up in. So it's, you know, when I'm thinking about which button to choose, I knew it had to be a button related to some kind of social justice or peace issue. So that's story number two. 
Absolutely. That I knew this came from somewhere because I've known your daughter now for a <laughs> couple of years. And I know she has a big activist uh, part of herself that's really deep. So I knew it came from somewhere. So I right. love hearing where her her passion for activism comes from too. So thank you. Right, right. right. Yes. Okay, so then why did I choose the particular button that I chose? Um, 1967, I go to uh, college at Lake Forest College, which is north of Chicago, 30 miles north of Chicago. There is a big piece um, anti-war movement going on in college and of course, and civil rights movement uh, was going. So those two events um, were happening and I'm right there, uh, you know, near Chicago where everything's happening. And um, so I immediately got involved in, in uh, particularly the anti-war movement at the time. 1969, um, the, the, P, the anti-war organizers around the country decided to have three days of moratorium, which meant they were asking businesses and colleges, schools to shut down in October for one day, in November for two days, in December for three days in opposition to the war. Um, so um, the October moratorium was, we all went into Chicago at Washington, D.C., San Francisco, all over the place. Um, and that was very peaceful. And then we had the November moratorium. There were, it was one of the biggest, there were 500,000 people in Washington, D.C., um, a couple hundred thousand in Chicago, a couple hundred thousand, I mean, all over, all over the place. Well, at this time in Chicago, we have the police, well, we have Mayor Daley, mm who after Martin Luther King was assassinated and there were some riots, he, he you know, he says, shoot to kill any protesters, right? You had the, the violence at the Democratic National Convention in the summer of 1968. So you've got the police at the ready, right? And, uh, and so we're having this peaceful march asking for peace and suddenly the police start bashing people in. Um, and that night on the TV, I saw one of my friends being dragged by the hair across you know, across the plaza. And it was just a really, we never even made, ended the march. We never got to hear any speakers because uh, there was so much violence there. Um, we all went in Chicago, we went back again the next week. And, uh, uh, you know, Mayor Daler knew, knew he, there better be no violence then. But, um, okay, so it is my November moratorium march button that is so important to me. But I have recently learned in the last month or so that it is these moratoriums with the amount of public opposition to the war that turned the war. Um, what Nixon apparently had thought about using nuclear bombs in Vietnam. And there's some classified information that's recently been declassified. And the reason he didn't, we, because he saw how many people spoke out. Wow. And that though that was really th those events so that November moratorium particularly was the turning point for Nixon. And he slowly started pulling troops out of he hated the Vietnam War and he hated the protesters because it was upsetting and disrupting his administration and making him look bad. And and it was this November moratorium where he started beginning to think about pushing pulling troops out 
moving towards the end of the war, which wasn't for another three years or so. But that was a pivotal event in his mind. The fact that people spoke out. So. So. Now, so I also have, of course, my October moratorium button and my December moratorium button. But this is the this is the November one, um, because the November one was just so memorable in my mind. I mean, when you go to a march, we went to a march the following week. Everybody's putting, you know, Vaseline on their face because maybe there's going to be tear gas again and having your bandanas, your red bandanas to cover you up. And, you know, it just... um, Anyway, this is the march that said to me, we got to speak out. No matter what, anytime people organize for a social justice peace issue, change is going to happen. Maybe not right away, but eventually policy change is going to happen. So that's why I chose that particular button. Yeah. Very powerful. It's a um, it it kind of brings me back because my my aunt uh, was a nun. Uh, well, both aunts on my dad's side were nuns, and one of them was also did went to all the marches, the peace uh. marches, the anti nuclear, the anti war marches. Um, yeah, and and I, I think that that's the biggest challenge is is to end up realizing that it takes time as well but that doesn't mean that you don't like you they didn't know when they were going to do the moratoriums they didn't know that that was going to turn things they just right. did it anyway they exactly do it yeah. anyway so that's right exactly yeah that's a, actually that that idea of why do we do this we do it because we have to. Yeah. We do it because it's the right thing to do to speak out against injustice, right? Absolutely. Um, and you don't know what the result is going to be, but if enough people are speaking out, then uh, you're going to get some results at some point. Yeah. 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 Even if it takes way longer than we want. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very, exactly. very, very neat. So, Yes, um, just a little preview for my uh, listeners. So uh, one of the um, services, new services that I'm offering is kind of private show and tales. So for people who have collections like Judy, <laughs> like Trudy does, Trudy. Yeah. Um, that you're, it's so much like Judy that I'm saying at my wife. <laughs> but anyway, that Trudy has a collection and I have um, a, a couple of friends who have, um, weapons. Uh, and, and so I know, like, you know, but, <laughs> no, but he, it's, it, it was, he inherited a lot from his father who mm-hmm. inherited, you know, it's a similar thing. It's, and exactly, it, you know, so yeah. So it's not like an arsenal, let's say, but it's, uh-huh. like, you know, just something that got passed down from generation to generation. So mm-hmm. I love, um, helping people tell the stories of, of, um, what we say, your life in 30 things or your life in 30 buttons or your life in 30 <laughs> weapons, you know, it's kind of just a position between the buttons, the peace buttons and my my friend who has all the weapons. But I think it's beautiful. It shows the diversity of people. And I think that uh, Robert is very much uh, pro um, peace. Um, right, right, right. 
came from a family that, you know, they hunted and they, you know, mm. it was, it was everyday things. So anyway, um, you hopefully will have some more little uh, uh, stories about the other buttons you have, but I think. There's a th- there, wait, there's a thousand of them. There's I, a there's thousand thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we need the the rental car thing, but <laughs> well, that's the best story. I have I have we try harder buttons from Avis rent a car in every single language. I I think that's See? so interesting. That that yeah, so well, anyway. Yeah, I love it. It's sort of like the same thing with the piece and stuff. We try harder. I, I right, 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 perfectly right, aligned, right? right? So. So I know that, like, a, 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 I did hear a little bit about your father, who's the, the was the pastor, and mm. you know, that you have this wonderful collection of his sermons and mm-hmm. things like that as well. Um, so, you know, I know you have, you've got lots that you're up to and lots that you do, but I do, I did hear that um, based on your buttons, your buttons actually uh, are the basis of something that's very exciting that I want uh, my listeners to find out about that is these buttons uh, inspired you to, and I'm going to hand it over to you. I'm going to hand it back over to you. Trudy. Okay. So, <laughs> so inspired me and that's, I was inspired probably 35 years ago. I was working with a group in Tennessee called Cumberland Countyans for Peace. And we were about 10 years out from the Vietnam War. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we are still marching. We're still speaking out. What is wrong with people? And and I began to think about how the Vietnam War really defined my generation, right? That every single male that I knew had the threat of being drafted and sent to Vietnam over his head every single one of them. And so whether they were going to volunteer or be drafted or go to jail or uh, go to Canada or shoot up drugs or become very fat, because if you were obsessively, if you were really obese, you, you know, or whatever, they had to make this decision. Um, Yes. I could do whatever I want. I could say, burn your draft card. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to be drafted. Right. Right. And yet that war affected me because it affected every single person in my generation. And I think when you think about the 60s generation, there's that kind of angst. There was this kind of live it, you know, and live it hard because you don't know. So I, at that time, 35 years ago, I wanted to write a book talking about how the war affected my generation. Mm -hmm. 35 years later, I finally self-published this book. Um, and, and of course, in that 30, uh, it, it was sat in a box for 25 years mm-hmm. because, and, and then when I got it out of the box, I went, oh my God, this is so poorly written. It was so terrible. Um, and I went to many writing groups, many critique groups, many mentors who helped me finally came up with my final copy. It's called Radishes and Red Bandanas. And I talked a little bit about how we wore red bandanas. You know, you, yes. you, um, everybody in the 60s had red bandanas in their belt loops or on their faces or around the hair or whatever. Yes. Um, and and the, and the book kind of changed a little bit in, in, uh, in the message that I was trying to get out. And 
ultimately it's all about the importance of speaking out. It's, I mean, these, this, this book takes place during the 1960s. It does take place. The setting is Lake Forest College. It is not autobiographical, although my children refuse to read it because they're like, I think that's you, mom. And I'm going, no, it's not autobiographical. Um, but I wanted to place it in a place near Chicago because I know I knew the events that happened in Chicago um, and about how how important it is, even when it's hard, even when you get arrested, even when you get hit by the police, mm-hmm. you have to speak out. That's just, you know, the important the important piece. Um, and so it is about how that war affected my generation. It's also about the importance of speaking out. And it's also because I love Hallmark movies, everything has to have a love story associated with it, right? (laughs) It's about how the love of family, the love of friends um, can get us through any tragedy. That's what we have to hold on to uh, when things are rough. Um, and so that's what the story's about. I'm, I love this story. Um, I, it, it, the, the, you know, the moratoriums are in there. Um, the beatings at the moratoriums are in there. The, in anything, um, so just, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, anything, you know, any, all, I had to condense some events because my first edition, it was like, this happened and this happened. Then we did this protest and we did this and this and this. And it, it just got a little bit, you know, um, but that's what it's about. Uh, uh, it's it's about how we have to speak out. And I'm seeing that more and more, you know, in the um, 19, shortly before I started this book, I was in Oklahoma City. And we were protesting the building of a nuclear power plant near Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And because of the protests, it is the first nuclear power plant that was under construction that stopped because of the protest. Wow. So that really, you know, that inspired me also thinking about what we had done there. Yep. Uh, what we had done in the 60s. Absolutely. Um, and now hearing about Nixon's, you know, wanting to use use nuclear weapons, I think we really did a big thing. So so that's that's what it is. Radishes and red bandanas. Right. The both the radishes and the red bandanas represent um uh I don't know, healing for these people. Yeah. You know, when times were tough, somebody gave this this main character a radish and it just, you know, kind of healed her heart that tiny, tiny little bit. So Wow. It's very, it's very powerful. And and like we we had spoken about a, a little bit ago, it really I I was involved um, in um, work again work against the Atlantic Yards project in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn, mm. and although the project moved through uh, in a way that we didn't didn't want, um, there were some concessions that were made. And during that process of fighting for the the you know reasonable um, development um, and and having a good solid urban plan, um, right? Except for money, which is not a plan. Um, 
it it taught me a lot about the what other people have done and i think that's the biggest thing that um, uh, the most important message of that time you the time that you lived in and my experience like i marched during uh gay uh, gay pride marches i did mm. you know, um lgbt rights um ones right you know and and I guess the biggest thing that I, you get frustrated because it things don't always turn out your way or the way, the right way, mm-hmm. the way that you feel is the most equitable, all, right, all right. of that. But, but you end up hearing about these stories of just being consistent and persistent and generous. These, these little ways of showing up, speaking mm-hmm. out, using your voice and that it does, it can make a huge, huge difference. So right, right. that's a powerful message, Trudy, to to share with the world. And uh, I totally understand about the thirty five. How you know, thirty five years later, um, you know, you did have a lot of life in those thirty five years. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, I actually, yeah, I, 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 I started teaching at a college, and I was writing professional education books and professional journal articles, and I had to put fiction aside. Right, um, right. But there, there's one piece of this book that I forgot to talk about. Um, interspersed throughout uh so the the story is four four years in the life of this woman in college yeah. interspersed with that are are vignettes of the occupy wall street movement 40 years after she graduated oh. so her, her 40 years after she graduates from college her son is involved in occupy wall street oh wow and so and, and so i wanted to connect what happened in the 60s to the fact that the children yeah, of the kid people who lived through the '60s, like Melissa and my other kids, yes. are marching today. Whether it's Occupy Wall Street, whether whether it's you know against the invasion in Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever right. that they, they are Ukraine, yeah, and that there's they're they're still marching. Um, yeah. So I always say about this book: if you want to know what your moms were doing during the '60s. Or your what your grandmas were doing during the sixties, <laughs> or if you want to relive the sixties yourself, it's a great yeah. book. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I I I will look forward to reading it myself. And uh, it was so you did a, such a great job with the radishes thing because I was just sort of like I understood the red bandana, but I didn't. <laughs> but you already, without me having to ask you, you already <laughs> talked about that and how it gave her some sort of. Uh, you know, relief and, 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 you know, resilience kind of thing. Like it's going to be, it's going to be okay. Um, And I love, of course you, you exude and your family exudes the sense of uh, connection and community and uh, you know, love, love uh, helps us through these, these difficult times. Um, and, uh, you know, and that was what I felt for my, it's like, I, I got a chance to spend some time with my aunt uh, today, Trudy, because she mm-hmm. talked so passionately about that time as well, uh-huh. you know, and people the she said the Pope was, you know, spoke at, well, not the Pope, but um, the, um, oh, Archbishop spoke at her funeral and he talked, he talked about how, um, they wanted to move, they had moved the nuns into an apartment in the projects in Albany. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, there was a period of time, you know, the, uh, the, the 
unrest that they were really worried. And they they basically contacted them and said, you have to move out. We are worried about you and we don't want you there. And my aunt and the other nuns were like, no, make things better. <laughs> <laughs> we're right, not right. leaving make it better for everybody don't pull us out and uh you know anyways so she yeah. was always that kind of like you just you just have to do what you what you can do and mm-hmm. uh anyway I am so grateful to Melissa for connecting me with you and I look forward to hearing more stories of more buttons um, and I thank you for specifically bringing this uh, very important button that changed world history basically is what you're yeah. saying yeah yeah yeah, you know? yeah and that's right. the and that's the whole beauty is that these little objects you know can have such big epic stories connected to that right you know? right right So that is like, I've been telling people lately, it's like, what's historical societies or museums other than great big show and tales? Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Right, right. right, And in having personal objects like you have, I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I have often invite people to consider, and I don't know if you've had a chance, but I think that this is, uh, you know, in in closing, we can do is have you thought about um, uh, where you're, who's going to inherit or be gifted your your collection? Because uh, it's not it it it's 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 valuable. It's only you know piece you know metal and 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 topography and and whatever, but they're they're valuable pieces of our our history. So have you thought well, about that at all? Well, I've thought about all the junk I have in my house, right? <laughs> so my my husband and I have five kids. And the only two who would be interested in any of this would be Melissa <laughs> and my daughter, Rachel. And the two of them will fight over, you know, <laughs> fight over who gets the photos of mom's trip around the world. You know, who gets this? Who... And so I'm trying... So I'm, you know, I want my kids to come in the house and mark what they want. So there's no right. fighting about it. No but, fighting. Uh, but anyway, anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm um, also thinking like a piece, if there, you know, any museum or historic or anything that's devoted to peace, they would, they, you know, would love. And, and obviously the Avis, Avis has to have a, you know, some sort of yeah. archive, you know, because right, right, like, right. you know, we assume that these big organizations have an archive or right, right. things, but they don't necessarily. And mm-hmm. so maybe they're, they're like realizing history is so important for everybody now. Everybody's right. much more connected to it. So maybe... Avis would would want those 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 buttons uh that is, down the road. Yeah. you know who knows you know yeah I mean there's a lot one of my rules about the buttons is that I can never buy one ah and one, yeah and one of the one of the problems with political campaigns now is that they hand out stickers that you stick on your shirt right right and, and not then, buttons and you can go to their website and buy their buttons so you know I it, <laughs> makes it hard i don't have a biden harris button i mean there's a lot of buttons i don't have right because i I, and i had forgotten 
until today that that was my rule. Yeah, I'd forgotten <laughs> until today, so I need to go back to my. But rule. that's a good, that's a good rule to have. That limits it limits things, right? <laughs> right. That's I still have a thousand buttons because people yeah. kept sending them <laughs> to me, so giving them to you. So right. exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. So so by the way, the book is gets at, out. I'm like, maybe if the story goes out on the on podcast or YouTube, uh, anybody who has a Biden uh, Harris button, can, Harris send button one. can send Trudy one. We'll, we'll I will that. send them a copy of this book for free if they send me a Biden Harris. Oh, OK. See, this All right. can get you the buttons that you want. I, I'm glad I no, asked. No, no, no. Only the Biden Harris. Only, only the Biden. One. Right. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't need any more. I don't need anything else. So okay. anyway. Just that one. If you send it, you'll get your own copy. You'll get your own autographed copy. Amazon. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble website. Uh, a few other places. So. Great. Yeah. And I will have all of this information uh, on in the show notes. Um, but also, is there anywhere where else that people can can find you? Do you have a website? Are you on any social yes. media? How, how yes. do people find you? Um, my website is just www.trudyknowles.com. All right. Um, and my email is trudyknowles at gmail.com. So it's all all pretty easy. All pretty easy. I will. And put- I, I I do want to say if you go into if you go into Amazon and put in radishes and red bandanas, you will get a whole bunch of advertisements for red bandanas. So, oh. you, have to, <laughs> so you have to make sure you're looking for books and books. not just general <laughs> stuff, unless you want to buy some red bandanas. So. No, that was, oh, that was good. Cause I had a, a somebody on who had, um, what's her retirement rebel is uh-huh. the name of her book. And there's another book by the same name. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But you know, anyway, it was kind of funny to have yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, but by Siobhan, oh, you know, Dan, you know, Daniel, yeah. like, okay, we we gotta clarify that. So <laughs> yes. So I we did it and I, I'm like looking over my shoulder because I have a, a friendly dog who's who's decided to come and snuggle up on the on the couch here. Oh, that's but sweet. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much, Trudy, for sharing your story of the thing that matters. And thank you, everyone, for um, listening uh, or watching this episode of Things That Matter with Marty McNabb. So I want to invite, uh, many of you know already, but I want to invite anybody to come to one of my live virtual show and tales. I have them monthly. I have 24 different themes. Um, so there's one theme that I'm sure you can relate to, um, and, uh, please tell your friends and family about it. I'm also available for your, your wedding, your rehearsal dinner, you know, basically weddings are like family reunions. Now everybody gets together. Why not offer a story sharing gathering for Mm. everybody to get to know you better and one another better um, to celebrate your wedding. Um, Also team building, uh, employee appreciation, even uh, student orientation or uh, new employee orientation. Any way that where you're trying to build connections, community and legacy. So you can reach out to me, that will be in the show notes. And lastly, if you're looking for a unique way to market your business, and that feels good and does good. I have just opened a community 
what I call of weirdos, where every individual remembers mm -hmm. doing original stuff is what it stands for. And people who don't do traditional marketing very, very easily, very well. If you're looking mm -hmm. to for I, I, I have a community where I will teach you how to host your own show and tales as a way to build connections and grow your business. So reach out to me about that. And otherwise, this is the end of this this episode. And I thank you once again, Trudy, for joining me and sharing the story of a button that matters. <laughs> thank you, Mark. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you so much. All thank right. you.